0: The Daniel Morgan School, a private educational institution named after the eponymous revolutionary war hero. The school has provided a top-tier American educational experience for over a century. But after 104 years of academic excellence, we're dropping all pretense and changing our name. America Sucks Academy. America Sucks Academy, suddenly providing a K-12 indoctrinational experience to boys, girls, theys, thems, and their shocked parents.
1: I'm paying $50,000 a year to have my 12-year-old told he's an oppressor.
0: An all-new curriculum advised by an ideological activist with a questionable doctorate. (coughs) A specialized curriculum that helps students know what to think, not how to think. An extensive library of books, curated and removed by individuals whose humanities degrees couldn't even get them a non-paying job at the Huffington Post. America Sucks Academy. A system for students to anonymously report bias incidents they've been conditioned to think they're experiencing. Affinity Groups for almost everyone. And energized faculty eager to share their
1: dogmatic beliefs with your children. I want my students to understand that this country is a racist cesspit without explaining why people from every race on the planet want to live here. America Sucks Academy,
0: a K-12 indoctrinational experience. Ask about our government pays for it plan.
1: You're listening to Questionable Material, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack.
0: Coffee Shop.
1: Oh hi! I was wondering, um, do you have a long line today? I'd love to stop by and get a cup of Joe. No, we don't. We don't. It's
0: it's, it's normal for a, for a Monday morning. It's pretty good. So you're welcome to come on in. There's no line. It's, um, and that's normal. Yeah, that is pretty normal. It's uh, you know it's Monday. People are you know getting to work. They don't want to be stopping for coffee. You know or they want to probably get straight to the office or something.
1: Wow. I mean, it's pretty standard fare that people build in those extra five minutes in their day to stop and get a cup of coffee to start their day off right. I,
0: nah, I guess not here, like not here. That What, um, w- where are you located? Right in midtown Manhattan. Ooh, right next so to a, a bunch, lot of foot traffic, tons of foot traffic. You can see it. I'm looking out the window. You just see this endless flood of humanity walking by heading to work.
1: Yeah. And almost all of the, like, if you look outside right now, can you see a lot of people holding Anything? Yeah.
0: Well, you see, it looks, it looks like it might rain. You see, so they're holding what looks like a coffee, but also an umbrella. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, mm -hmm. so, I mean, they've got their cups. God knows what's in them. In their coffee cups. Yeah. You never know. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, a lot of times I think people are kind of, you know, maybe they fell off the wagon and those cups are filled with, you know, beer, vodka, whatever, whatever gets them through the day. If you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. It's, you you spelled it out really clearly. They, like they're, they're alcoholics and they're easy. hiding booze in their in their coffee cups in the morning. They're drinking in the morning, like drunks. If I know what you're saying, yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah. No, I do. You I really lay out your point very clearly. You like don't have booze to hounds. They're
0: booze hounds, and there's, this is the morning yeah, they, they start the day. They wake and start drinking. Bad sign.
1: Yeah, no. When you're, maybe you're just sort of pounding it in the ground now. Yeah, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah. I mean, certainly. Okay. I'll, I'll grant you that um, uh, probably one out of uh, 10 of those people are probably uh, uh, hiding or smuggling booze. Thank you. That's still, okay. You're welcome. Uh, probably still like hundreds of thousands of people walking by your coffee shop uh, who are coffee customers who are not stopping by. Yeah. I, I, I'd love to sort of dissect your business and sure. try and figure out what's going on. Okay. Um, what, um, what's the name of your, your coffee shop? Jim's. Mm-hmm. Just Jim's, not like a just Jim's. Jim's brew, nope. brew shop? Or, no, no, Jim's.
0: When I was filling out the application, I hit return too early. And it's like, you go back and then you got to redo the address. You got to redo the phone number. You got to redo the the EIN, which is like an SSN for Y-O-U. And it's just kind of like, it's a pain. So I was like, okay, Jim's it is. Jim's it is. I kind of believe in fate.
1: Yeah, I guess. And you're, so your name is Jim? No. Oh, Why? <laughs> why?
0: What why did you call it this? I you know what? I was I was actually going for Jim Morrison. <laughs> why? Why? Because you know it's got that, you know, people are like, okay, well, he died really young, right? He was 24 or something like that, lead singer of yeah. the doors. Or or maybe he has a coffee shop in Midtown
1: Manhattan. He wanted to get out of the limelight. So you think that you're going to trick people into thinking Jim Morrison faked his death to open up a coffee shop. That's what I was
0: kind of leaking to the tabloids. You know, I was sending out little press releases here and there. Like what if Jim Morrison has a coffee shop in midtown Manhattan? You
1: know, I, I I guess so. That seems like a big leap. It seems like people are going to be doing a lot of thinking as they walk by your place, And that's probably never going to work. Mm. Um, Would you say you're at least a fan of Jim Morrison?
0: Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a big music fan. I never really got into rock or roll. It was just kind of like one of these things where I like jazz. I like, Mm -hmm. I like someone to just take a saxophone and just shoot ear into it. But like, but like as if they're jumping up and down, maybe being attacked by a cougar.
1: And Mm -hmm. so it's this very
0: (laughs) frantic sound just coming through. That's what I like.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, to each his own. Um, so, all right. So, okay. You've called it Jim's mm-hmm. for the Jim Morrison connection. So tell me maybe, uh, about your, your, your menu and your pricing, because I'm, I'm still, people will discover a place named Jim that they'll mm-hmm. walk by and they'll see that it sells coffee and they'll give it a try. So I'm still concerned. Tell me about your pricing and your menu.
0: Uh, standard coffee shop menu. I mean, you look up, you're going to see Americano, cappuccino, latte, macchiato, cortado, uh, espresso, you know, all the, all the, all the hits. Pricing? Uh, around $3.
1: (sighs) Okay. So that can't be it. Well, Well, what about your brewing process? Like how, how do you make your coffee? Well, uh, you have beans, you grind them up and you pour
0: hot water on them. So, so talk me through name a coffee, like come up, order a coffee.
1: Uh, Could I have a French roast uh, with um, a little bit of a 2% milk? Sure. I
0: grind the beans. I pour the hot water over it.
1: Yeah. See, I I think there's going to be a little bit more to a coffee than that. I think that's going to leave people. Uh, Something else. Come on. Order something else. Okay. um, Hi. Could I please get an espresso? Double shot espresso. I grind the beans. I pour the water over it twice. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: uh, Do you get a lot of repeat customers? No. And we can track that, you know. The, the new software mm-hmm. allows us to track you know, where people are coming from, how often they've been, been there, and and nobody's come back yet, which says to me that they're all visitors from out of state who are just in the city in Midtown Manhattan for that one day in their lives,
1: and they never mm-hmm. come back. And and do people, you know, when you hand them the coffee and they take a sip, what is their reaction? Do they say thank you and leave? They usually
0: question, the, like they just want to verify that what they're drinking is what they ordered. It's so like, oh, this is a Macchiato. That's what, and I'll mm-hmm. just, I just look at them. I'm like, yeah, Macchiato. That's what you asked for, isn't it?
1: All right. Come, I, I can hear you getting a little angry. I'm not
0: angry. I'm just, I'm answering their question. They don't know what they're drinking. They just ordered it a second ago. They ordered it a second ago and now they're asking me what it is. How stupid are these people? They're not stupid. Let's, let's move on. Sure. It's, maybe this is also like a customer service issue. Um, it's just me uh, there pretty it, much. And Bruce, when he comes in, Oh, why why would Bruce not come in? Doesn't make any money. Oh, you don't don't pay him? No, well, tips pay him. Oh, I see. We have a tip jar, which doubles as a bucket when the roof leaks. (laughs) What do you do with all those buckets of water? Save them. It's free
1: water. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, you know, maybe I'll stop by later. I hope you do. Okay. Hold on a second.
0: Hold hold on. Get the fuck out of here. Who was that? I don't know. Did I tell you John Cleese called me? Is that true? No. That's why I didn't tell you.
1: You know, Brian, I was trying to start a new segment and then I got really excited. Like, oh my gosh, we're going to have a cool celebrity story. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So, okay. Those are the things that aren't happening in your life. What is happening in your life these days? Well, let's see, Jack, my son's in boot camp. the 14 year
0: old. I I know. Got his head shaved. I sent you the photo. Yeah, it was very funny.
1: I showed it to Betsy. We we got quite a chuckle out of it. And uh,
0: now he's in camouflage and like everybody else and they're all shaved head. And I have no idea where my son is in the photos and nobody does. (laughs) None of the parents have any clue. So they, they keep Ooh. putting up these photos and everybody's like, is that my kid? I don't know. Looks like it. Shaved head, camo. Must be him.
1: <laughs> and you and you said when you and I were talking about this uh, off, uh, off, not on the show, you were telling me that the um, they tell you to ignore the first letter that comes home. Can you tell us about that?
0: Yes. The colonel who runs the camp said, listen, uh, you're going to get a first letter from your child. You're not going to like it. The moms are, are going to immediately start booking tickets to come down to Alabama and rescue their child. The dads are going to be kind of like, wait a second, what have we done? Uh, he said, just ignore it. it. I promise you it gets better. And I, I've seen some of the, the, some of the parents have actually posted some of these letters from from, oh, from, really? pre, yeah, from earlier boot camps this summer. And it is truly hilarious. Like, mom, come get me. I'm not kidding. Like that was one of the letters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, you know,
0: because it, it's, it's a shock. I, I did this oh. when I was 14, I went to a Marine I military academy camp and it was the same thing. They, you know, it's, it's a shock. You're being yelled at and and doing push ups and, and running and, and, and you're know, screamed. And then, so it, of course it's a shock to you. So you want to get out of there, but after a few days, it clicks. And, and then, you know, you're having, you're doing stuff, you're learning things, you're having fun, you're meeting friends. Pulling code reds on other cadets. Pull, pulling code reds on other cadets. Throwing them in mm-hmm. lockers, beating them to death.
1: <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so beating people to death. Um, yeah. So the just the typical camp experience. It is the
0: typical Russian boot camp experience.
1: Oh my gosh! So I see. I was under the impression that you sent him to um, an American military facility, now, Jack. Uh, I mean,
0: why? America is a cesspool of of racism from the foundation up. Systemic, uh, non-systemic, all all of them, everything. So, right. Um, uh, yeah. So I I chose to send him to a Russian boot camp.
1: Huh. That's where, so interesting. Where he what, can learn to appreciate freedom. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, well, I'm so interested in in his experience. That because you know you've had the American boot camp, experience, right? So you're gonna be sort of the perfect person to sort of compare and contrast. Yeah. Like, what are some features of his um uh of his boot camp experience that are gonna make it like a little bit more Russian than the American side?
0: Well, of course, instead of reveille in the morning, uh, there's no you know they mm-hmm. just say come salute Poot. And so everybody leaps out of rack and they just run down the hallways and come out and there's a big Putin uh, banner outside and mm-hmm. and everybody just runs up, salutes Poot, and then they run back and they, they freshen up and then they run to breakfast, which is of course uh gruel, mm-hmm. but it's Russian
1: gruel. So it's, it's, it's more exotic. <laughs> I get what, what's in the, what's in Russian gruel that makes it more exotic? Vodka. <laughs> okay. So, so, are, so after breakfast, what, what would you say the status of most children are?
0: They get liquored up. I mean, a lot of these kids are young, they're in their teens. And, and so they're not used to imbibing, uh, quantities of vodka for breakfast and lunch and dinner mm-hmm. like Russian forces. So yeah, they're, I mean, are they, they're a little tipsy, they're a little giddy. Uh, it, it is a mess when you watch them doing the marching it, it, it's, you know, it's sloppy, It's uncoordinated. Uh, but you know, it's, it's still, you know, it's fun and the kids have a good time. Yeah. They simulate invading places <laughs> quietly though. Like they'll, they'll just go and be like, actually, no, this isn't an invasion. We're just hanging out here.
1: You've got all these blotto kids mm-hmm. running around just drunk off their asses. Yep. Probably about eight 30 in the morning. Yeah. Like, so you know, what, 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 what is next in their, in their day? Like what, what do they do next? Well, they do, I mean, uh, uh, firearms
0: training of course is key. Is, is that is that a good idea? Um, the, the Chechens think no.
1: <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are you talking about the Chechens over in Chechnya, or are you talking about the Chechens here at this camp? It's the Chechen prisoners in the camp. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute! So they do firearms training with, with, with or around the Chechen prisoners at. Oh man. But listen, you know, the kids
0: are new to guns. They're a bit hammered and the Chechens, you know, in fairness, they're far away. They're allowed to kind of run in a distance. Uh huh. So, I mean, there've been no fatalities. There've been a couple of grazings. They actually more, the Chechens are more uh, prone to just tripping and falling in this mad scramble. (laughs) And so they have a ton of abrasions and things like that. But, you know, and the, the kids are having a real hard time of it. And that's part of the point. You want these kids to learn how yep. to, how to hit a moving target from a distance. And, and, you know, it's part of the joy of training.
1: Right. 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 And, and, and is there a course on how to like treat wounds from friendly fire? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the Russian military experience,
1: Jack. Right. No, I, for a second, I thought, I forgot what we were talking about. They yeah.
0: have, they have an expression. It's leave no man behind. Hmm. Which is why if you are injured, they'll walk up and they'll put two in your head. <laughs> you are no longer a man you're not being left behind
1: right you're just a pile of um, of, uh, of flesh and bone that's at that
0: right. point yeah Whew, boy. stalin stalin taught them a lot
1: mhm and you want this imparted onto your boy
0: i not totally but it was a cheap camp and i just like i was looking at the camp prices
1: and yeah they're expensive around yeah. here
0: and but like the dollar and the ruble that's pretty sweet so i was like okay let's just do this
1: Oh, my God. And, and, you know, clearly, as you said, with the like the, the letters, the examples of letters that other parents have shown, you've clearly researched this a lot and, and must have probably made some connections with um, other parents who have already gone through this camp. You know, when a child is done with this camp and they come back home, what is that child like? How are they different than when they left? Um,
0: well, I mean, they're they're more prone to fearful reactions. Mm-hmm. which has kind of prepared them for, you know, being defense de- defensive, a defensive posture. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of crouching, apparently. They come home, they're constantly crouching in the house. You'll see them just crouching, crouching behind the bed, crouching behind the sofa, crouching mm-hmm. in, the, in the bathroom, behind the toilet, crouching in the shower. I don't know why, but yeah. fearful crouching seems to be one of the things that they learn.
1: You know, what What are the reports in terms of the way they're like, you know, in terms of how they are at their family, if they are, you know, with like family, you know, breakfast before school, that, that sort of thing. Uh,
0: well, I mean, somebody had said one of the parents was telling me that they did a funny where they they said, w- do you hear that? That sounds like Chechen. And the kid went bolting out of the house uh, with a kitchen knife. <laughs> mm hmm. Then he came back a to, disappointed look on his face. Parents, uh-huh. The parents were laughing and laughing.
1: <laughs> how, how did the kids respond to being laughed at? He serrated their arms. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: something you learn in the camp. <laughs> you don't tolerate, you know, people laughing at
1: you. Well, what is it you hope to see in your child when he returns to your uh, and your wife's loving embrace?
0: You know, I you want him to step off the plane, and you just want to look into his eyes and proud dad, and you just you have you're you're beaming, oh. you're beaming yeah. and and smiling, and you just look in your eyes, and you realize there's nothing there, there's nothing <laughs> behind them. It's like Stalin, it's like Hitler. The, they're they're dead eyes, and you know then mm-hmm. that they can never be hurt because they've lost <laughs> oh. all ability to to suffer, to be compassionate like that. None of that means anything to them. Of but, you know, course, and the you're just hoping beyond hope that they're going to say, you know, hello, father, there's no joy in life. And that to me would mean
1: that my um, mission accomplished. You've, you've done your job as a dad to protect your baby. Yes. Oh, it's so nice. You. Well, well, you know, Brian, uh, great, great story. You, 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 and your boy are an inspiration. We we can't wait to hear more stories, uh, you know, in terms of how camp is going. Thank you. i maybe we'll read the first letter. <laughs> yes 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 please okay yes <laughs> hey brian you know uh, i i want to take a little bit of time yes uh, talk about subway okay are you, are, you, are you a
0: fan of subway you know i would prefer an uber if i have the chance but you know or a taxi but on the occasions sure. when you want to get there faster you, you know i'll do the subway
1: well, okay, no, it's uh, understandable confusion. I, now I was talking about the Subway sandwich uh, 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 chain of restaurants. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know you're not. Did you know, Brian? Yeah, that there is a, a Subway restaurant within five miles of ninety-two percent of the U.S. population.
0: Is that true? That is true. Ninety-two percent of the population is near within five miles of a Subway. Within five. Yep. That's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, pretty amazing. It, it shows ha- how uh, fast that that chain has grown. Mm-hmm. They, they've almost um, overtaken McDonald's internationally. It's, well, it's really actually quite interesting. When you save but money so,
0: by baking bread with sawdust, uh, you you know, you can expand. You have the money to buy buildings.
1: You know what? I, I see this shows that you're the right person to talk about this because some ways in the news today. Uh-oh. Um yeah. Well, w- for a lot of reasons, we're going to talk about this for, for a little bit here. So today is the day um, that the new uh, Eat Fresh Refresh, the largest menu update in the 50 plus year history of Subway uh, is being launched today. 50 Very exciting. They've so, been around 50 years. Yep. Isn't that crazy? That it I did is not crazy. Know. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just remember so Subway recap-
0: when we first had the show and you used to always go out for lunch. And always yep. asked me if I wanted subway and it was every single day until I told you that there were, it was New York and there were other restaurants.
1: <laughs> Look, I didn't know. You just never looked around. So this revamp includes more than 20 menu updates mm. um, with 11 new and improved ingredients, um, new sandwiches, new mm-hmm. signature sandwiches, wow. new bread options. Wow. And so, so that, that's just, that's, that's, that's part of it. So we're going to talk about that in a second, but the mm-hmm. other thing that's in the news is, have you heard about their, um, their, their, uh, lawsuit involving tuna? No. Is that a code name for Jared? <laughs> no, oh. no. Apparently there is a lawsuit in California, um, that Subway has uh, blasted as baseless that says that the, um, the tuna, um, <laughs> the tuna in their tuna subs, mm-hmm. um, has no amplifiable tuna DNA. Really? So, so whatever the, the tuna is, right? <laughs> they did a DNA test on it and it is 0% tuna. There's a lot of counterfeit in fishing, counterfish. You may not be a fan, but I know you're an expert at Subway. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I won't like eat start it. Off. I like to learn about yep. it. I won't eat it, but I will spend a
0: lot of time learning about it.
1: See, you're, you're a student of the game. Yep. God, I respect that. So- I was wondering if you could sort of walk us through, um, there are a lot of elements that we have to talk about. Still some more to come. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through the the revamped menu at subway and, and tell us some of the things that we can expect to find on the menu today. Okay. Uh, and moving forward. Yeah. Uh, well, I think one of the bigger changes is the foot long.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 10 inches. Man, the foot long is only
1: 10 inches. Yep. That's. And it's not, it's not called the foot long. Oh, uh, the, the footlong lung's not called the lung anymore. What, what is it called? Uh, Peter North.
0: <laughs> I guess you know him. Yeah, I, I, I sort of know him. He's a pornographer, Jack. Yeah, I know, Brian. He make, yes, he I makes, know that part. He makes movies naked with other people who yes, are naked.
1: A, yes, as a star in front of the camera talent. Yes, he's legendary, Jack he has he has a lot of talent he's gushing with talent jack um wow so the so they are they are they partnering with peter north or are they just like co-opting his name well they they
0: are partnering with him because they wanted to get away from the the debacle that jared turned out to be
1: Right. So, so they want, they don't want people to think about sort of like pedophilia. They want people to think about more like straight heterosexual consensual sex.
0: Heterosexual guy who can ejaculate for hours.
1: That was
0: what they came out of the meeting with.
1: What, what Madison Avenue nonsense is that? That seems like a bad idea. These guys are
0: executives. They know what they're doing. They're highly educated people. Uh, they've been around and they'll, they, they they have made this decision. They want Peter North to be the new representative. Um, He's going to, there's going to be a life-size Peter North in every subway.
1: Uh uh, Uh-huh. So life-size, you mean to scale? Yes.
0: And then he'll be holding the subway, the Peter North subway. Mm -hmm. You know where?
1: In, In his hands. Yes yeah okay so obviously you you don't get a celebrity mm-hmm. and and put a cut out of him in your stores' a life size to scale cut out of him in your stores without also um having him available uh and in commercials yes. in in your brand new ad campaign especially when they're doing like the biggest sort of revamping of their 50 year history clearly yep. they're going to put some money behind this yep. do you know what uh, what some of the commercials are going to look like on some of the advertising for uh, the new peter north yeah
0: i mean you're going to so it'll be you'll see his face and it just looks like he's doing so far so good he's doing something right and you just and then you see him bite yep. his lip and his eyes roll back in his head And then he lets out this tremendous moan and the camera pans down to a Peter North with tuna. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And the the beautiful girl's on her hands and knees holding the Peter North with tuna and he's Mm -hmm. just so excited Mm -hmm. and he just takes it and he gets into a jacuzzi and then starts to eat it. And he looks at the camera Uh and he says, this is delicious tuna. And I mean tuna.
1: (laughs) Right. Really countering that lawsuit. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's important.
0: (laughs) They've been defamed and Peter North is going to
1: clear their reputation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just so we're clear. You're telling me that the subway uh, sandwich chain of restaurants, yes, a publicly traded company, mm-hmm. has decided to have this porn star eat a tuna sub in a hot tub mm-hmm. and have that be the, the the face of their franchise. Yeah, I mean there'll be mm-hmm. there's also going to be a backhead of the
0: franchise. Oh, uh, what does that mean? It's just going to be bobbing up and down in the foreground oh. as he's eating the sandwich.
1: So there's a face and a back head. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's, that's just one, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get this guy, you shoot, you know, you shoot, you bank probably seven to 10 commercials for the year. Yep. That you're going to run and, you know, unveil at certain times, obviously Super Bowl ad you know, mm-hmm. is going to be among them, you know, it's the Super Bowl's only about, uh, you know, six months away mm-hmm. that, you know, they're already planning for those round of ads because it takes a while, takes some money to shoot those a lot of, a lot of time and planning goes into those. So obviously they, they must have Peter in, in mind for one other sort of big, one other sort of big commercial. Can you sort of walk us through what you know about that so far?
0: Yeah. Well, there's, you know, they, they've got all these new options, all these new items. And so there's a guy and he's very flustered. He's like, the big game's about to start and he mm-hmm. wants to get back to the stadium and there's so many options at subway. You can't decide. And that's the tagline like, I can't decide. And so he's digging through, he's going down the assembly line and the guy's making his sub. And at the end, he's like, he's like, do you want any sauce on it? And he's just staring at it, staring at it. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then you hear this angelic noise mm-hmm. and he looks over and in the corner of the subway is Peter North yep. behind it. He's got wings. and. Oh, and he looks at the guy, and he smiles, and then you see the guy turn to the clerk or to the sandwich maker, and he mm-hmm. says, "You know what? I will have sauce." And it Whoa. just shoots in from off camera and lands right on his sub. And then the guy wraps it up, hands it to him, and the guy dashes off to the Super Bowl. Hmm. mm. Hmm. Huh. And then he sits there during the Super Bowl and his mm-hmm. friends are cheering and he doesn't care. All he cares about is the sandwich.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just see him eating it mm-hmm. and loving it mm-hmm. so, much. So, so much. much. so very much. So very much.
1: It seems like more than a 30 second spot.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, you know, when you have as many restaurants as they have, Uh, You can afford a one-minute spot at the Super Bowl. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I guess so. Wow. Peter North as as an angel, as sort of the sauce angel. Yes. Peter North sauce angel. Maybe the title for today's episode.
0: (laughs) Peter North sauce angel.
1: (laughs) It's
0: nice to get uh, those titles uh, out of
1: the way. Yeah, absolutely right. So this way we're not emailing each other frantically Thursday at 2 p.m. being like, what the hell are we calling this? Yeah. Um, do you know Peter North has 2,588 credits as an actor? Is that what you call them? (laughs) I I, I just Googled it just to make sure he was still alive.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, good for him. He stays busy.
1: I would like to now talk about the lawsuit, Mm -hmm. uh, which you, (laughs) you know, uh, pointed out that Subway is addressing in the, in the first Peter North commercial. Right. Uh, So, if there's 0% tuna in there, can can you tell us what, um, some of the other, uh, uh what, what is in the tuna, how they make the tuna, like w- what, what process is made to, um, have a meat product that seems as if it is tuna that they can present to the American uh, public and, and tell us maybe some of the other sort of ingredients and in some of their other sort of signature sandwiches. Can you walk us through what we are eating?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely comes from the sea. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, and so what they have, they have a, there's a tractor mm-hmm. that just drives along the beach, scooping up the sea foam. <laughs> sea foam adds a certain, that scent, that s- salinity. It adds that saltiness that you expect from the sea. Yep. And when you're talking about consistency, well, you have sea sponges. Yeah. Okay. So they have divers who go down, they pull up sea sponge. It's a lot easier to get than a tuna. Mm-hmm. You know, tuna is swimming away from you. Sea sponges can't move the sponges. Yeah. Good point. You mix that. Okay. You puree it mm-hmm. into a slurry. <laughs> and <laughs> then you bake that slurry into cubes. <laughs> and you chop mm-hmm. it up. But it is tuna. But no, it it isn't. Here's what they do. Okay. They do get a tuna. Oh, okay. But, you know, it's kind of like any drug. You cut it up. You add stuff to it. Right. You know, because then you get more tuna for your buck. Yep. So they're going to get themselves a tuna. It's a big fish. So they're a good chunk of tuna there. But they're going to add things. Class two, class three recyclables. Yep. They can be shredded. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Processed. Um, s- construction slurry, <laughs> it's a leftover product, uh, uh-huh. uh, decommissioned Adobe buildings. <laughs> you just break those down. You can add that to the slurry. It really complements it. Uh-huh. And in the end, you basically <laughs> have a block of tuna, uh, which you can, which they will, you know, split up and, and distribute to all the different subway stores. Right.
1: So one tuna is sort of ground into this entire block of slurry. Mm -hmm. And so you can technically call it tuna. So one tuna would create how many pounds of, of the tuna fish meat that they're serving.
0: The general rule is one tuna can feed all the subway stores for one year.
1: (laughs) Holy Lord. Wow. They really get the most out of that tuna. Seriously, we we've, we've got to become franchisees, Brian. This is there's
0: money to be made. There's a ton of money to be made. That's why there are so many subways. Why?
1: That's really remarkable. Mm-hmm. Well, well, thank you for thank you for that. So I, I want to talk about um another subways really in the news for a lot of these things that mm-hmm. they're um they're having trouble finding as so many businesses are that they're, they're having difficulty finding workers. Yes. And in May. They launched a digital campaign in an effort to attract forty thousand employees yeah. in thirty days across the United States. Yep. Um, I was wondering if you could sort of walk us through their um, the Subway Sandwiches recruitment process and how they're getting uh, employees to come on board. Well, they're not. This is the problem.
0: Oh. So they ran a, a big series of ads uh, mm-hmm. in South America mm-hmm. and that in Spanish that just said, "If you come to America, you can. We'll get you a visa." And you can work here. Okay. And what happens, there's been a huge holdup. They forgot to mention that you, you have to enter legally. Mm -hmm. And so there are right now, 40,000 potential employees at the border being ignored by the administration. Oh man. Such a shame.
1: You know, this felt like a a Kamala Harris issue. Yeah. Well, she's from the get go. She's a blimpy girl. That's the problem. Oh (laughs) uh that that might be a regional joke but that's still funny
0: she's in the pocket of blimpy no kidding yeah wow so she's not going to help at all not it's no, not her. no, best no wonder she's so
1: unpopular that's
0: right she was unpopular before she was vice president yeah she was the they, least popular primary
1: candidate if i recall yeah d- <laughs> she was the blimpy of, of, of candidates was, getting like 1% of the vote. That's right. Wow. She's a blimpy girl. Okay. So you've got those people down at the border, but how are they, what, what's the recruitment process? How are they trying to sort of, you know, lure in uh, people on the American side, American um, uh, workers?
0: Uh, well, you know, you, you have to incentivize people. Uh, it's especially difficult now when, you know, the government is sending checks to people that are in the same zone as somebody working a minimum wage job. It's totally true. So if the option is there to maybe not do the minimum wage job, but still get the money, of course, people are going to go for that. So, you know, how do you incentivize it? Well, obviously people love their kids. Mm -hmm. And so if a a guy in a black suit with a black hat and glasses comes to your house and says, it would be sad for your kid to die, wouldn't it? (laughs) Um, You know, maybe you need to be working at subway number 1724 starting Thursday. Think about it. And then they just kind of get back wow. into their black limousine and, and drive off. You'd be surprised how effective that is. So the, the tough guys, they use to thread come in black limousines. Yeah. Well, it's actually the, the it's Hunter Biden. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they finally found a gig that he's capable of. He can, he's kind of got that crazed eye look and he's intimidating. Is he's talking to you because you just don't know if he's, he's all there. Right. And people listen. And that's why I'm starting at subway 1724 next Thursday. (laughs) Congratulations, Brian. Thanks, Jack.
1: Jack. Yes, Brian. People die. Yeah, I know. It's not something we should probably talk about in the podcast. We we try to make this sort of a bastion of fun, of escapism for people. I know, but it's sad.
0: And, you know, as, as a last send off, you have the obituary, Jack, right? It's the last time you talk about the person really uh, in the general public. Well, there's money in obituaries, Jack. How so? They will pay podcasters to read obituaries and, and to honor the memory of a lost loved one.
1: Well, that makes sense considering the, the decline of newspaper in the in the 21st century. Uh, you know, people don't even read a hard newspaper anymore. I guess that kind of makes sense. It does make sense, Jack. And they sent me some obits and I'd like
0: you to read them. They don't want me oh. to read them. I'm a little too polished. They'd like you to read them, the everyman. And uh, and if you can be professional and give it the gravitas that it deserves, we're going to get paid. And that's a real sweet thing, Jack.
1: I, I'm super excited to make money on this thing. Let's, you know, it's I want to go on a nice vacation. I
0: just sent you the first obit and I would love for you to read it with gravitas and honor the person who has passed.
1: And, and so all I need to do is read it. And once I read it, we get paid. Yes.
0: Gravitas though. Okay. Gravitas.
1: Okay. Um, so let me just, uh, I just, open. I just got it. I'm opening it now. There we go. And um, just let me read it real quick. So no, nope, can you it can't to, read Rob, it.
0: Toss it, nope. it, it hmm? Obituaries need to be out there quickly. We're going to honor this person as soon as possible. They've passed. Let's go.
1: Uh, okay. Um, I'm right. Just if you could just tell me to, when to go and I'll start reading. Take it away, please. <clears throat> okay. Paul Michael Kerrigan of Chesterfield Township died at his home Sunday after a brief battle with Austin. <laughs> One... <laughs> died at his home after a brief battle with autoerotic asphyxiation. (laughs) He was 43. Paul was the owner of Paul's Java Joint, the top-rated coffee shop in Chesterfield Township. Every morning at 6 a.m., Paul would start the day there, brewing a signature blend coffee that Chesterfield residents came to love. Paul spent six days a week at his coffee shop. He was the first one there and the last one to leave his passion for running a business was unmatched but his passion for depriving his brain of oxygen while pleasuring himself in order to maximize his orgasm and incur an intense feeling of euphoria came in a close second monday through saturday paul worked like a horse but sundays were his to relax kick back grab a box of kleenex and wrap a belt around his neck Paul loved to look in the mirror and say, it's go time before heading to the closet to give his stiff little Bezos its comeuppance. It was there surrounded by hanging slacks and neatly folded shirts that Paul felt most at ease. He could drop his trousers and clear his mind, confident that his knobby hobby (laughs) would be known only to him. And Father McDaniels, who heard of Paul's unusual predilection for oxygen deprived dink diddling (laughs) during Paul's occasional visit to Our Lady of Victory Church in nearby Southfield, where he is now banned. (laughs) In lieu of flowers, Paul's family has requested that people avoid unnecessary risk and invest in a fleshlight. Visit fleshlight.com and use discount code Paul Kerrigan, RIP. It's
0: not the gravitas they were looking for.
1: Come on. If, if the Kerrigan family is not going to pay us for that, and I'm sorry if I messed that up, maybe, I mean, Fleshlight had an ad embedded within the, the thing. Like we should at least get that money. Yeah. You'd think, I I mean, I,
0: I don't know who to talk to at that company, but that would be great. I know a bunch of
1: people over there.
0: Hmm. All
1: right. I just sent you another obituary. I'm sorry, Brian. I blew that. But you know, right in the first sentence after a brief battle (laughs) with autoerotic asphyxiation, I, I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Those tragedies happen
0: and sad. And you know, you got to move on. Life goes on.
1: Uh, Here's another chance. Gravitas, um, Jack. Gravitas. Yeah, I I know. I get it. All right. I've gotten the file and I've opened it. Tell me when to go. Take it away. Gravitas. Gravitas. Alice Angelica uh, McPhee of Bainbridge will be laid to rest on Saturday following her death during a camping trip near Vanderbrook Mountain. She was 58. Alice was a beloved wife, mother, and homemaker whose love for the outdoors was not known until this week when her loving husband, Charles McAfee Jr., called police to say that his wife had gone camping days earlier and hadn't returned. After a three-day search, Alice's body was discovered at the bottom of Beekman Gorge, where she had apparently fallen. Police are awaiting autopsy results to determine the exact cause of death. Alice was the only daughter of Justine and Ernie Borak, who both uh, predeceased her. Ernie Borak left Alice a sizable fortune from his incredibly successful automobile dealerships. Alice's husband, Charles, was devastated by the news of her death, which brought back traumatic memories of his last two wives. Mayonnaise heiress Jezebel, <laughs> Jezebel Hellman McAfee died eight years earlier during a spontaneous out-of-character camping trip near Vanderbrook Mountain. Her body was also discovered at the bottom of Beekman Gorge, where she had apparently fallen. An autopsy determined that Jezebel was killed by the fall and nothing else. Charles's first wife, Carolyn, a wheelchair-bound amputee, died after she was, went camping by herself. To celebrate her loving husband taking out a two million dollar insurance policy on her, her body was later discovered at the bottom of Beekman Gorge. But foul play was ruled out by Chief Medical Examiner Charles McAfee, Senior. <laughs> Shoot! Yeah, I mean they're just murdering late. Like we all see that, right? I mean, I'm not the crazy one. They're, they're, that family's just murdering women. It's just no, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't read into it. I mean, I'm not trying to crap on the people trying to spend money, but it's clear, right? I'm not the crazy one. Am I?
0: It's, it's unfortunate uh, that we're not getting paid for that, but that's, um, that's just how it is, I guess. But you know, it's too bad because the, you know, that Charles definitely has a lot of cash on hand and it would have been nice to, to get some of that scratch, but whatever. You have an obituary. I sent it to you. Right. Gravitas, Jack.
1: Gravitas. Gravitas. Okay, I'm trying. You understand it's hard. I don't get to read these ahead of time. It's the first time I'm reading any of these freaking words. I understand,
0: but this is how the obituary business works. Gravitas as soon as possible. Okay.
1: Tell me when to go. You can go. Michael Hobbs died unexpectedly Monday, shortly after promoting children's literacy to Redbridge Library patrons. He was 29. Michael loved to promote literacy the old-fashioned way, by uh, donning a rainbow monkey suit that featured a swinging dildo (laughs) and exposed ass. Come on. This is how you get kids to read, Michael told a crowd of parents with children before bending over so that they could become acquainted with his anus. Unfortunately for Michael, several parents believed that there were better ways to promote literacy to their children, and they unexpectedly took issue with his exposed anus as well as the dildo he sported between his legs. The crowd of angry parents rushed their young children out of the room before returning to set upon the rainbow dildo butt monkey, who was surprisingly ill prepared for such a reaction. This was not what I expected, shouted the rainbow dildo butt monkey. (laughs) As he fled down Bishop Street, exposing the parents to more bare ass, but sparing them a view of his swinging dildo part. Police say Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey was killed instantly when it ran in front of a box truck that attempted to slow down, but which then sped up. After realizing that Rainbow Dildo Butt Monkey was trying to promote children's literacy, there will be no service. (laughs) doesn't he not have a family who's paying for this ad then
0: you know sometimes the government steps in and (laughs) subsidizes these things
1: now if i didn't know better i would say someone who was running out of time to write (laughs) something just wanted to write um swildo (laughs) just wanted to write rainbow dildo butt monkey a bunch well, almost you, to sabotage me.
0: No, that's an actual legit news story. I just had not known about the fate of that gentleman. I guess if you do a little googling, you'll learn. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna, all right. I'm uh, do, may I'm may he that. rest in peace.
1: Uh may he rest in peace. I, I like that. Um, that the uh, truck driver uh, wanted to kill him, <laughs> not because of how he was dressed, but because he was trying to promote children's literacy. That's right. <laughs>
0: We have That's one more chance. Have. One there's more, more chance. We got four. Yeah, there's one more chance. Okay, I just got the fourth one. Let's get let's get some money, please. Gravitas, just be gravitasi.
1: <sighs> That's not. It's not an appropriate word. Okay, uh, I am ready. Please, please take her okay. away. Thank you. Omar Nasser Bashara died unexpectedly on Thursday at his office in Bandakil. He was 28. Omar is the sixth child and fourth son of Nassar bin Abdul Rahman Bashira and some woman. <laughs> Omar was unmarried at the time of his passing, having chosen to instead focus all of his youthful energy to his life passion, his life's passion, keeping young girls safe from the threat of education and sunlight. Omar was a regular fixture on the streets of Bandakil often alerting women to the fact that they might be showing off too much ankle or bursting into homes that he believed held individuals who may have accidentally harbored the impulse to educate females over a cup of mint tea. He would often launch into a lengthy speech about how a woman's sole purpose was to pleasure him and produce offspring. He routinely told people that he didn't care if women liked him or not in this world because paradise awaited him. And he had it on good authority that it was a nonstop hump fest with hot chicks and everything. His favorite book was one that totally plagiarized other famous books, but added some more warlordy stuff. Although he himself could not read it, he outsourced the understanding of it to toothless elders who wouldn't know a razor if it walked up to them and said, hey, I'm a razor in perfect Farsi. A service will not be held as Omar was semi-cremated and his remains scattered around a lot of the garage where he inadvertently triggered the middle school backpack he was working on. Oh Jesus, God. (laughs) Shame, oh my God <laughs> What's wrong with you? Me, It's an obituary that we're not getting paid for. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you for for bringing this stuff? You can pre-read it, and you've got to be selective. like
0: I, I want to make the money for the podcast i if I'm happy to take any uh solicitation from any funeral home anywhere in the world and present it to you. I, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not filtering anything. This needs, I, we need to make some money. Okay.
1: Well then, well, we didn't do it thanks to my failings and yet another way to end what was a really fun and good podcast.
0: Yeah. Well, unfortunately uh, you, you let us down and you let down the souls of, of all those people who've, who've passed before us. Yep. May their memories
1: be a blessing. Amen. Thanks for a wonderful podcast, except for the end, Brian. Review us and subscribe and all that. Yep. Yep. No, no need for my failures to stop people from helping to grow this podcast. So we don't have to have one of the hosts embarrassed every week. Good night. Yep. That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our video clips on YouTube. Visit us at QMPodcast.com.